each of the four gospel writers has their own way of emphasizing the importance of what happened in the city of Jerusalem during the week from Palm Sunday to Resurrection Sunday. Take John's account, for example. The entire book is 21 chapters long, but Jesus arrives in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday in chapter 12. That means almost half the book focuses on essentially one week's time. It's like a sports broadcast producer showing us a super slow-mo, high-def view of whether a player's foot was inbounds or out-of-bounds. You remember sports, right? Those things we used to watch on TV before the whole world went to pot? Anyway, by slowing the narrative down, John helps us focus on something crucial. Luke also has a unique way of drawing our attention to what happened in Jerusalem during that Holy Week. Luke's account has 24 chapters. Jesus arrives in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday in chapter 19. But all the way back in Luke chapter 9, verse 51, we hear this. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Ten chapters before he arrived there, Luke tells us he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He was determined. Like a runner who fixed his gaze on the finish line, he resolved to go to Jerusalem. And of course, we know what happened when he got there. He was initially greeted with palm branches and praise, but those gave way to the injustice and shame of crucifixion and to the condemnation of becoming sin for us. Now, we've seen examples of heroism before. We've read stories of firefighters who run into burning buildings. More recently, we see doctors and nurses going to the front lines of a pandemic, waging war against an unseen enemy. But the truth is, without minimizing those acts of heroism, what Jesus does is on an entirely different level. Not only is his determination to go to Jerusalem of eternal significance, he also went there with much more clarity about what would happen to him. A firefighter who runs into a burning building may understand the potential danger, but there is no way of knowing for certain what would happen. The same is true for a medical professional working among those infected with a deadly virus. They're aware of the risks, but they can't say with 100% certainty that they themselves will be infected or that they will suffer fatal consequences from it. Jesus, on the other hand, went to Jerusalem with absolute clear-eyed determination. How do I know that? Because Luke tells us. Listen to what Jesus told his disciples in Luke 9.22. This is before Luke tells us that he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Luke 9.22, Jesus says, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. When Jesus sets his face to go to Jerusalem, this is what he has in mind. He's not under any illusions about what's going to happen there. He knows that he is going to die in Jerusalem, and not just die in any manner. He knows that he's going to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. But beyond that suffering and rejection and death, he also knows that on the third day he's going to be raised. 
Jesus is able to set his face to go to Jerusalem because of the joy set before him. He's able to endure the cross and despise the shame of it because he knows that in Jerusalem, the shame of the cross is going to give way to the vindication of being raised from death. That's why he says in verse 22 that this is what must happen. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. It's not just that Jesus knows what is going to happen in advance. It's that he knows that these things must happen. There is a necessity to his suffering and rejection and death and resurrection. When you take Luke 9.22 in one hand, and Luke 9.51 in the other hand, you can see that there is a cause and effect. Because the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected and be killed and on the third day be raised. Because that is the case, therefore, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. When he arrived in Jerusalem where he would be praised, then rejected and crucified and raised, it was not an accident. It was not a coincidence. He did not find himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. It was a consequence of his prior determination. He did not stumble there. He arrived there precisely because he had set his face to go there. And he set his face to go to Jerusalem because he knew that he must suffer many things and be rejected and be killed and on the third day be raised. Jesus is going to Jerusalem knowing that he will be betrayed by Judas, denied by Peter, and abandoned by almost every one of his closest friends. He's going to Jerusalem knowing that he will experience the agony of Gethsemane where he would plead in prayer, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. And the deafening silence of heaven ensured him that he would indeed drink the fullness of the cup of God's wrath. It was in Gethsemane that Luke tells us, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Jesus is going to Jerusalem, knowing that he will be brought in the middle of the night to the home of Caiaphas, the high priest, where he would be held in custody until the sun came up so that his trial could begin. And the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. Jesus is going to Jerusalem, knowing that he will stand trial before the council of elders known as the Sanhedrin. And when they can't find any actual wrongdoing, they're going to drum up false testimony against him, revealing that their desire is not for holiness or truth, but simply for power. Jesus is going to Jerusalem, knowing that he will stand trial before the Roman governor Pilate, who will find him innocent, but will be too cowardly to release him, choosing instead to have him flogged. Later in Luke 18, Jesus tells his disciples, See, we're going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished, for he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked, and shamefully treated, and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day he will rise. Jesus is going to Jerusalem, knowing that he will have his beard plucked out. 
knowing that he will be beaten within an inch of his life, knowing that he'll have a crown of thorns driven down onto his brow, knowing that his own people will prefer the release of a terrorist named Barabbas over him. Jesus is going to Jerusalem, knowing that he will be led out to Golgotha, where he will cry out in agony, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's going to Jerusalem to die in our place, to become sin for us, to bear the condemnation and wrath of God that we deserved. Jesus is going to Jerusalem, knowing that he will exclaim, It is finished that he will commend his spirit into the hands of his father and that he will expire in death. And beyond all that, Jesus is going to Jerusalem knowing that he will be buried in a borrowed tomb, but also that he will be raised victorious over death on the third day. Jesus is going to Jerusalem knowing that he will be seen alive by many witnesses after his death. He's going to Jerusalem to give final instructions to his followers. He's going to Jerusalem to ascend to the right hand of his Father. Jesus was not naive about any of this when he set his face to go to Jerusalem. That's the whole point of saying that he set his face. He was firmly and consciously determined. Nothing could keep him from this holy endeavor. So wherever you find yourself today, take a moment. And thank the Lord that he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Because he did that, all those who trust in him will one day be gathered with a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Henderson Baptist Church. If you'd like more information about our church, you can visit us on Facebook or check out our website, hendersonbaptist.org.